Congratulations, you found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Starring the original book divas, Martha Steele, Vonnie Golden, and Nicole Shaded. And special guest, Alyssa Mann, the queen of romance. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination, one book at a time, they are three book girls. In other news, faking cancer. What kind of a dirty, nasty, scumbag asshole fakes fucking cancer? Assholes, that's who. Uh, <laughs> Dan Mallory, that's who. Dan Mallory, who is the author of... The Woman in the Window. His pseudonym is AJ Finn. Hmm. He faked cancer? Yes. Oh, buddy. So apparently, yeah. there, uh, uh, this week, a profile was put out on the New York Times about AJ Finn, and it went pretty in depth into his life because last year, The Woman in the Window came out, and it was an instant New York Times bestseller. And it, it kind of made history because it's the first time that's ever, I, apparently, that has ever happened. Uh, for a debut author, but you find out in this article that not only did he choose to write this book under a pseudonym, well, the reason he chose to do that is because uh, so many publishers had kicked him to the curb and they wouldn't purchase his book once they found out his real name. And two, apparently not only did he get his job by faking cancer like on himself, but he told them his mom had cancer, but he that's also how he got into college. Holy crap! Uh-huh. Not only did, at some point, not only did he pretend that she had cancer, but that she was dead. So, uh, they t- all the all those publishers that had kicked him to the curb, because he worked for, he currently is working, supposedly, for William Morrow. They're also the company that published his book. There, so, there's a lot of um, mistrust with William Morrow because of this story, but all those other publishers that had kicked him to the curb had kicked him to the curb for many reasons, but one of them included was they all found out that he had told every, he had taken off for like a month at a time at all of these different jobs by telling them his mom died. <laughs> How many times can your mom From die? cancer. <laughs> <laughs> and so they were, they interview one of his professors from Oxford, right? Yeah, yeah, he went Oxford to Oxford. University. And the professor was like, yeah, he told me how sick his mom was. His entire life, and then she died at some point. Like he almost didn't finish school because he had to take fly back to the U.S. because his mom died. He claimed he had a doctorate when he never finished the program. That's not unusual. Actually, that happens all the time. I mean, I don't. I mean, that's still definitely awful. But but he was also, and this happens all the time too. But when you add all of this shit up, you're like Jesus Christ. But he was uh, telling people like uh, he wrote. Or he he's the one that approved certain books getting published and usually by really big names like famous actresses and actors. Oh. And he would say that he worked on screenplays or he was part of this movie production. Kind of makes you wonder if he actually even wrote the book. Yes. Yeah, so now there's a lot of thought into whether and like especially because he was working for publishers, he got to read all these different manuscripts. So where did he get his storyline from? So if he is that fucking shady, he probably, oh. Mm -hmm. So one of the big things that I saw, because I I haven't read the book, but I was reading the synopsis and what it's about that they were talking about in this article, because I read the article, because I'm a huge fan of reading about con artists, but it was, (laughs) I was like, this sounds so familiar. And then they brought it up in the article 
a lot of it is just like exactly the movie Copycat, which stars Holly Hunter and Dermot Mulroney. It's like just the movie Copycat, but a book. Well, I haven't seen the movie Coffee. It's, it's excellent. It came out in the 90s. But Kayla read this book mm-hmm. and absolutely hated it. Mm-hmm. Nicole read I, it. I read it and I didn't think it was awful. I just thought it was because last year so many of these books came out that were instant bestsellers and yep. they were all these crime, like uh, the woman in cabin 10 yeah you've got like the girl in the train uh all with the twisty endings and all that yeah so i just kind of put it into one of those categories where it wasn't as good as like gone girl right but it wasn't horrible there were some slow parts and all that but now i'm just like damn and there's a lot of fallout between because as people who review books um, and especially if you're getting books mailed to you from publishers, you put a lot of trust in those publishers and in what they're sending to you. So there's a lot of fallout for book reviewers that I've seen on social media because they sat there and they spent a lot of time promoting this book, uh, putting pictures up on Instagram, Facebook, s- sitting there doing Facebook lives, posting oh, blogs yeah. about it, all of this stuff. And now they find out that it, because William Morrow knew they knew about it? They knew about it. <gasps> they knew about it and they still purchased this book at a book auction <sighs> when nobody like- else, when everybody else found out that the, his real name, all those other publishers dropped out and William Morrow just kept bidding oh and he worked gosh. for them at the time and so there's just a lot of... It was like a six-figure book deal, wasn't it? Yes, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Jesus. And he, it was a two-book wow. deal, too. So he's supposed to be coming out with a new book pretty soon. And yeah, I mean, no one's going to be reading con. that one. I don't know. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, you got to have balls of fucking steel yeah. to fake cancer and to fake your mom dying. How many times? I don't know if you... Honestly, I don't... Like, to say you have to have balls of steel, I don't know if that's really true because, he one, to do something like that, you're probably running away from an issue like or you're trying to cover up another issue by lying about something but that's huge though no there's but, some no, people, but some people just it just comes up. second nature like oh, think about I the fire festival okay. yeah like all the, we were okay. talking about this earlier but there's so many different can like people that have, people have been are, doing this who are compulsive liars yeah you're right uh, i mean right. from the, I, the I amount path. of lies in this yeah. story like you have to be a compulsive liar to get that mm-hmm. many lies out on that scale dang and he's handsome he's not he doesn't look like a hobo he looks handsome like a hobo (laughs) no he doesn't look like a hobo (laughs) but so like that kind of aids to it there's another uh, factor that people are mad because he's a white male and so there's a lot of people talking about Mm. how easily since he sat there and lied about it but the book industry is backing him up supposedly well look at there was remember the dude with a million easy pieces though yeah. I, I, I've been sitting here okay. trying to think of his name. James Fry, I think it is. James Frey. Frey. James, James Frey. Frey, yes. He lied about that. He lied basically about having been an addict. Yes. So it was supposed to be a memoir or, or a true story. Not, and it was not even. No. No. He came out with a fiction book. Was it last year? And it was supposed to be not very good. Because he's still, like, working out his book deal. Like, they didn't take away his book deal. He's still got one. Man. Yeah. Just The fact that they knew, though. 
No, I, they, they, and they talk about this in the article. There's no proof as to how much William Morrow knew, oh, but they're okay. 99% mm-hmm. sure that William Morrow knew a lot about this guy when they sat there and kept bidding and bidding on his book. So mm. it's really weird. Like the whole, like, obviously he is a problem, mm-hmm. but like, there's something going on in the background mm-hmm. that we don't know about, and I want to know what it is. But I think it's uh, shady. Things will keep coming out. But mm-hmm. it was this was breaking news this week. If you haven't seen it already, <laughs> breaking news. In in book news this week. It's well, like it this. didn't come over as a news alert on my phone. So <laughs> well, you'd have to be following thing... the New York Times. Or I mean, book Twitter was all over it yeah. this week. Yeah. Like Instagram. My, what day was it? It was earlier this week. It came out. I mean, that was just like my whole feed. I'm 100 <laughs> percent disappointed. Well, not disappointed. Surprised that I have not seen people burning the book with the hatred that I saw on like Instagram. People were so people mad. People were so mad. They were sitting there like they started going and rating his book one star on everything because of how mad they were. They were sitting there on Instagram, all the pictures they had taken of this book. They were like backtracking their statements Whoa. and their stories and all of that stuff. And it's just, it, it really is interesting to me how when somebody lies about something so big like that, that there are certain people that just will not tolerate it. Mm-hmm. He's going to lie about something like that. What else are we being lied to about? I wish that that same attitude would go over towards all the different people. Don't you dare get into politics. I'm not. I'm just saying. <laughs> I just wish that it would cross over into other areas. That's all I'm saying. It's not even just politics. I know people that lie like that just to try to make themselves look better or... Like, I know one person that all, I don't know how many times I've heard them say to somebody else that, oh, well, ever since I lost 90 pounds, I just can't eat sugar. And I sit there and watch her eat mini candy bars all day long. <laughs> but then she tells everybody that she can't eat. I just don't have a sweet tooth since I lost 90 pounds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, empty those pockets, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there was another one. Um, So a former editor of the New York Times, I don't remember her name, but her book came out this week. And as it turned out, she plagiarized a bunch of it. What's it called? I don't remember. Um, You could probably probably Google New York Times editor book and it's going to come up. See, I didn't even look at anything else. I was too busy looking at Jill Abramson. Yeah, I don't have internet yet, so I can't look all this stuff up. Yeah, Bonnie, you're missing up. all of this. I know. Bonnie moved, and she hasn't got her I've been li- Wi-Fi hooked up. Living her- under a rock for a week. So the headline on the New York Times article for this says, "After plagiarism claims, X Times editor says her book will will be fixed." She plagiarizes so, like a bunch of so stuff. So you plagiarize it, plagiarize it, and, and then caught. you're gonna. She plagiarized like someone's it. master's thesis, like. And the book is called Merchants of Truth, by the way. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Uh-huh. Merchants of Truth, and she plagiarized it. <laughs> That's that an is oxymoron. So not right. Oh. Yeah. It's been a big Anyways. week in Bookland. Well, also <laughs> in a negative other, way. <laughs> well, there, there was another story that came out this week in Bookland. J.D. Salinger's kids have decided to publish all of this stuff he's been writing all of these years 
and never published. I did not hear about this yes. one. That's positive he's, book news. He's been holding, he's been writing all these years, but refused to publish any of it. Just because? Well. I mean, do what you want with your stuff. Like, I mean, whatever. Maybe, I don't know what all the details on that are. I actually shared that one on our Facebook page, on uh, Three Book Girls' Facebook page. Did you? I know you sent me the article, but did you or, say Did it? I share it? I think you did. I think I said uh, Yeah. Which I thought was really interesting. As a kind of wannabe writer myself, I, I get that because I, every time I go back and read it, I go, oh, this really sucks. I'm not, I, I got I to do it again. I can't put this out. I wouldn't read this. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. So I can get, even though obviously you can't compare me with J.D. Salinger. But you are your worst critic. Yes. And I'm sure he's the same way. I mean, he's a person. Right. And he had such a, a huge first book mm-hmm. it has Catch- to be terrifying Catch- to catcher in the rye was so huge that can you imagine well it has to be terrifying to have all the criticism because no matter how good your book is you're always going to have mm-hmm. the people yep. who hate you yep uh, like catcher in the rye yeah you know people either hate it or love it that's mm-hmm. right and people like v- made him into this sort of legendary reclusive figure sought him out tried to get interviews with him you know he just wasn't having any of it mm-hmm. but so he's been writing he, he wrote all these years you know 30 years with of unpublished work and now his kids are like yep we're gonna publish it <laughs> they're like sorry dad <laughs> sorry dad putting that out so fun fact i don't know if this statistic is still true because i learned it in high school which was 12 years ago or whatever at this point I have no idea but because uh, I also can't math do you remember when you were 14 <laughs> anyway so but uh, I we had to read up we were reading about people who are incarcerated and there were, they were talking about uh, they did this study on incarcerated prisoners and I think it was like those who had committed like like serial murders mm-hmm. essentially and they did it like study on them the vast majority of them the only thing they could find that they had in common was that they had ridden catcher in the rye that they'd read catcher yes. in the rye mm-hmm. all the incarcerated people well like serial like serial oh like uh Whoa. no not every single one of them hadn't read it but it was the amount of them that had read it and for them try like because these guys were trying to literally find what all these people had in common was oh, there like yeah. a life event? Well, they had read Catcher in the Rye. That like that was Catcher uh, in the Rye was pretty high. <laughs> you know, Holden Caulfield was a little dickhead. I will say Catcher in the Rye is fine. Like it's a great book. I understand why it's a classic. But like if you internet date, like if it's a dude's favorite book, just get out. It's not going to be good. <laughs> He's going to be such a fucking douchebag. Yes. Just get out now. Agreed. If that's his number one. Like, just, you have to go. Guys, it won't pay attention be to this. Pay attention. If, if, if you're going to date a girl, don't tell her that that's your favorite book, because that's a deal also, breaker. Also, read other stuff. Like, Catcher in the Rye is good, but, like, also, is that the only book you've read? Well, it's probably the only probably. book he's read since yes. his high school AP yeah. English class in which he had to read Sort it. yourselves out. <laughs> yeah. Find a better book. Find another book to read. Literally any other book. <laughs> There's so many. We had to read no, so many in school. Not any other Sorry. For dudes? Fifty Shades of Grey. That's not one they're going to pick. It's fine. You think a dude whose favorite book is Catcher in the Rye is going to also pick Fifty Shades of Grey? I don't know. I'm going to go with no. Honestly, 
You just never know. If your favorite book is Catcher in the Rye and you've also read Fifty Shades of Grey, please email us. Alyssa needs to know. <laughs> well, I had to play devil's advocate. I can't. I couldn't just let let that go. You said any other book. That's fair. Oh man, what a book week, huh? What? It really was. It's been a really there was long a book week. kind of a book lull like for big book yeah news. we didn't really have too many exciting things happening and now all the scandals are breaking. I love scandal. I mean, it's bad, but it's so interesting <laughs> to read about. Liz is rubbing her little hands together. I love crime. <gasps> I do. <laughs> Just cons really interest me. I'm like, how did you do this? How do you keep up this lie? How stressed are you about all these lies? I just have so many questions. So is this because you're trying to figure out how to pull cons yourself? Or No, a long con would be so stressful. Oh, here's the other thing that was in the news this week. Rosamond Pilcher died. This actually happened today, I think. She's the one that wrote the, the Shell Seekers and a bunch of other... Actually, she's written a lot. She was 94, that's a pretty good she long died yesterday. Life. Yeah. Any other book news? We never start with book news, do we? That's weird. There's not it's usually like, this many at once. It's like all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, we're we're not cutting up about weird, unnecessary bullshit. Let's talk about some unnecessary bullshit now. <laughs> okay. Has anybody ever had a UTI or like a bladder infection? Yes. Yes. Okay. His hand. <laughs> Well, I feel dumb because I don't think I've ever had one in my entire life. Well, you're young. Congratulations. Honey. She's only a year younger than me. <laughs> oh, well, she's a hell of a lot younger than me. You've had one, right? Mm-mm. Y'all You've didn't never let me had finish. a UTI? How did no. you make it this Sorry. long? Go ahead. I'm, I'm so jealous. One. So I'm going to finish my sentence. Sorry. Until this week. <laughs> Until oh. this week. But, so it's hilarious. I think I've had this thing for like two weeks, but one, I, well, technically I still haven't never gotten in gone to the doctor to actually like pee in a cup for them to tell me that I have a UTI or bladder infection because I also have pouchitis again. So I have to take Damn antibiotics, pouchitis. but they treat both. Right. So anyways, the at the point that it hit me that like I have to have a fucking bladder infection or a UTI was when it was icing, you know, it iced overnight. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Well, Travis drove me to work that morning because I didn't feel like taking the ice off of my car, honestly. <laughs> And I live five miles from the office. Like, it's really short drive. He had to stop at OnCue so, you could so I could go pee. And I had just peed, like, after, like, before we left. You're not pregnant, are you? No, I'm 100% not pregnant. to get from your house to the OnCue because... Maybe was, 10 minutes. <laughs> I mean, that's a long time, though, for, like, five... For it to be five miles and for it to take 10 and minutes just cold. to get to the OnCue? When it's cold outside, you gotta pee worse. He was Didn't driving, like, 25 miles and hour because of all the ice mm-hmm. yeah. but like but i mean i had peed probably six times already like already oh, that morning. it was like i've never had to pee so bad in my life yeah. and then you go like a little bit but you mm-hmm. can't go all the way yeah. And you feel- mm-hmm. yeah so anyways i feel much better now that i started antibiotics yesterday well i, I can't believe you've made it through your whole life without a uti yeah no that's I don't. impressive i thought i had one one time because like one time when i went to the bathroom i had like this this like little like twinge and I was like oh I'm, I must have a bladder infection and I actually went to the doctor which is very unusual for me <laughs> I was gonna say you never go to the doctor <laughs> and they were like well we can give you antibiotics but you don't have a you you don't have a bladder infection and I'm like well what the hell was that and they're like I don't know just twinge one time <laughs> did it go away uh-huh 
Yeah, okay, it didn't then. do it. The only thing I can think of is I wonder if like maybe I had like a stone or something that I peed out and it just kind of hurt just like like because it was the only one time. Huh. That was it like forever. Yeah. You might have passed a, a bladder yeah. stone or something. Well, and I thought UTIs were supposed to hurt. And even if you Google no, the symptoms, not necessarily. it says like pelvis. So I have like two symptoms, frequency and urgency. And that's the only two symptoms. Like and that's it. I, well, I Googled a lot about this, guys. It said like if you take a lot of baths. I used to take a lot of baths. I take I one almost every many, day. I haven't had very many. Oh. Um, so I think I know where I got it from. I, I haven't had very many bladder infections since I stopped taking baths every day. Mm-hmm. I now I take um, showers. They say you should always pee after sex, according to my... Oh, I always go. For one thing, I don't like sleeping in the wet spot. Ew. Yeah, that's disgusting. Yeah. Hmm. So you got to go pee. Get rid of all that. Yeah. We just... Anyways. Never mind. <laughs> hey, We're not I, going in. I totally did not bring that up. Speaking of sex, I found a promotional packet. <laughs> oh, uh, yes. Sex? yes. Promotional packet. <laughs> I found a promotional oh, packet of creme brulee flavored lube in my TARDIS <laughs> this weekend. Is, and it's is not tardi- a wait, euphemism. Wait. I was going to say, is TARDIS code for vagina? No, it's code for a TARDIS. <laughs> <laughs> it's code for Doctor Who. <laughs> I have a TARDIS box on one of my nightstands. And I was like cleaning it out because I just like shove stuff in it because it doesn't really have a purpose. I was cleaning it out. I was like, oh, here's some tickets. Oh, here's some postcards. And I was like, Cranberry Leaf flavored lube. Like, where did this even come from? <laughs> why do you have this? More specifically, why did you put it in the TARDIS? <laughs> it's beside the bed. It's See, on you the were side thinking. I don't sleep on. Yeah, but well, you don't if want somebody it next else to you? was over there. Maybe somebody was hiding. They'd have had to really dig through the TARDIS. <laughs> <laughs> so, hold on, honey. I know I have it in here somewhere. So I found I, it's it. There. I know it's there. I remembered that. I got it two years ago from Pride, the hustler table. But so then I found it. I called my friend Heather, who is writing a book, and her heroine is going to be a porn star. And she was like, I need you to taste it. It's like, it's going to be so gross. It's going to be so gross. She was like, I need you to do this. And I sat there for a minute and I was like, fine. So I tasted it, and it's so gross. It tastes like a combination of plastic and then what, like, I imagine straight vanilla extract tastes like. I opened it, and I was like, is this just vanilla extract? Anyway, it was disgusting. Friends, if you want to taste lube, don't taste the creme brulee kind because it's gross. Stick to normal flavors, I'm guessing. Well, lube doesn't, it's, lube is, is It's like a weird plasticky flavor. It's grease. Well, yeah, but it's still a substance, so like it has a taste. Well, I would kind also, of think you fair, wouldn't want to taste. Also, to be fair, this was two-year-old lube in a promotional packet, so that it, could be well, part of the plastic. Be, that's water. a very good point. It depends on what you're doing. True. Yeah. yeah so uh, I don't cr- normally find myself needing to yeah. taste lube, but hey. Zero out of five stars for creme brulee flavored lube. <laughs> <laughs> it's helpful to know these things. It's good to know. Yeah, it was in a fancy packet too. It was like matte black, and it was clearly like something fancy. Like this is like Wola, fancy, expensive lube, and it was just the most disgusting thing I've tasted in well, a you while. Know, and on another day, I'll tell you about the vibrator I found whilst looking through some women's magazines online. But I'll, we'll save that for another day because it's really cool. 
You should save that for a Valentine's Day episode. I think I will. I think it's a good story for Valentine's Day. Yeah. yeah. We'll talk about vibrators and some other interesting things. And you know what? We're going to call it Galentine's Day. Galentine's Day? Yeah. I like it. Because it's not going to be on Valentine's Day. And actually, really, Galentine's Day is supposedly the day before Valentine's Day, which is the 13th. Right. But uh, we just don't give a shit. We're going to do our own Valentine's Day uh, episode and talk about girl stuff. We always talk about girl stuff. Definitely about girl stuff and lots of sex. I mean, we just yeah. spent like 10 minutes on UTIs. So. Yeah, I mean, we don't yeah, really talk about, you guys about guy stuff, but to be fair, we don't know much about guy stuff. That's very true. Also, I don't care. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> you can have a podcast and talk about your guy stuff. If they, I want to yeah. talk about sports, I'll call my son. There you go. <laughs> but you don't want to talk about sports, which is why you're here. Exactly. And which is why... I think it's time to delve into the world of books. Of books? Yes. Well, I actually did do my homework this week and I read something. What a good girl. Mm -hmm. And there's a little bit of scandal in it. Here for it. Here for it. Speaking of our earlier conversations. I love some scandal. Since I'm next door to Alyssa, I went over there the other day and she hooked me up with some romance books for our episode for our Galentine's. Vonnie can okay, attest, I have a lot of them. I was like she throwing them on my bed because I have some in my room now because uh-huh. they didn't fit. And I was like, no, not this, not this. Maybe these eight. And then she like, and then I like took some back. And she's like, no, you don't want this. And then I picked one and we went into the other room where she has more books. And she said, oh, no, put that down. I know the perfect book for you. <laughs> put that down. Well, yeah. <laughs> You'll hear about it next week. You'll know why it's perfect for Vonnie next week. Because we're, g- we're all going to read... Uh, Books that uh, Valentine's related, related Galentine's Day. Okay, so this week though, because it is not Valentine's Day yet, I picked one that Kayla actually recommended to me, and it is a World War II historical fiction, Light Over London by Julia Kelly, and it starts like modern times, I guess, and it's with a girl named Kara Hargraves, and she has gone through a divorce is not interested in dating guys she just is enjoying her independence and she works kind of like for an antiques dealer Mm -hmm. and when she's cleaning out a house you know and looking at the antiques she finds a diary of some a woman from world war ii and also her mom her grandmother served in world war ii but won't talk about her experiences in the war. And her grandma is a great character. I love the grandma in this book. Um, but she won't talk about World War II, and Kara doesn't know why. Mm. So while she's, you know, trying to read this diary and get her grandma to talk about World War II and everything, and her grandma will only give her hints and stuff, and then finally her grandma tells her, because her Kara's parents both died, um, shortly before this all happens. And she tells her, okay, if you go to the storage unit, there is a box and it will tell you what you need to know. That's harsh. About of just, you know, to tell her some of the stuff that happens because her grandma doesn't want to talk about it. Oh. So um, while she does all of this, of course, she um, talks to a neighbor who has a dog. A puppy. Yes. 
And the neighbor kind of notices that she doesn't sleep well at night because he's walk goes out to walk his dog and notices that she's, you know, awake or whatever. Stalker. And <laughs> I was gonna say he notices. Uh-huh. <laughs> but the neighbor kind of helps her go to the storage unit and you know they talk about the diary and they're actually both reading the diary you know they take turns reading the diary and um the diary is actually really interesting because it's about this group of girls who join the the army during world war ii and they become gunner girls so what they do because they were they um they give them aptitude tests when they join the army mm-hmm. and they scored high enough that they actually like do the figurations of where the gunners try to shoot down the German planes as they come into London. So they're math geeks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Calculations. Mm -hmm. I see. So part of the book is about these girls in World War II who are gunner girls. And of course, you know, the Louise who was the owner of the diary it's mainly about her mm-hmm. but that's really when it got interesting to me is when they started talking about the gunner girls the first few chapters and everything it was more like you know louise parents wanted her to marry this one guy she didn't really like this guy then she went out with this other guy and liked this other guy and blah, as, blah, blah, you know blah. to rebel against her parents she ran away and joined the army i mean that's what you do Right. Well, back then, your parents. Mm-hmm. Right. Back then, that's what you did. But, you know, so, but then once the gunner girls came into it and then there was like shooting down airplanes, I was like, yes. yes. <laughs> Satisfying. <laughs> but I mean, it's an interesting story and it, it's one of the ones that got better as oh. the book progressed. That's always so nice, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Because like, uh, Louise like kind of found herself once she became a gunner girl. Her personality really came out. So why didn't the grandma want to talk about it then? I'm well, Louise the grandma is the grandma, right? The grandma doesn't have anything to do with the diary. It's oh, like two completely separate geez, stories. I thought that was Louise. Okay. No, 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 no. It just happened that the reason why Kara was so interested in this diary okay. is because she knew her grandma had served in the army in the war and she wouldn't talk about it. Okay. And she kind of used the diary to get her grandma to talk about it. And you do find out grandma's story. Okay. I which don't, I'm not going to tell no, you. No, I don't need to know it. I'm just Because confused. it's a little twisty. <laughs> and there's some stuff that happens. And I, I actually text Kayla this morning because, you know, I didn't even start this book until like Wednesday. <laughs> well, because I was reading Pink Carnation, <laughs> which I'll talk about next week. Um, <laughs> and... uh. And I was like, oh, my fucking God, I can't believe this just happened. And Kayla's like, what? And I'm like, lights over London. And I, like I said, I text her this morning and I'm like, and she's like, what, light over London? I'm like, yes, I can't believe such and such and such and such happened. And she's like, "Uh, yeah. I'm like, (laughs) wow. (laughs) Then we talked back and forth about the book for a second, but then I had to go to work. Yeah, it was it was really it was good and it slow start, but mm-hmm. like I said, it was very relationshipy. The whole book was very relationshipy. You probably would not like it, Alyssa. You might like it. 
It doesn't have a lot of... I'm, in, I'm into war sometimes. I go back and forth. Like, I have to be ready it doesn't have a war it doesn't have a lot of war in it oh okay probably Um, one thing that was interesting that almost made me a little angry was how women were treated that's why i don't like to read about the past because like gun the gunner girls were smart and everything but they weren't allowed to shoot the guns and like in one of the parts like i think that there were like planes coming in and they had figured all the stuff but the the actual gunner guy wasn't there to shoot the guns and they're like well we can do it and they're like no you're not allowed it's against regulations so they wouldn't let them shoot the guns i hate the past the past sucks i mean that reminds me of was it a book you read i think about the women who did all that code breaking yes that was you i mean i assumed it was you but i wanted to make sure (laughs) yeah it could have been someone else (laughs) um but yeah i mean women and their like con- contributions to war in American history. I mean, contributions all history, to everything, but contributions to everything. I mean, completely erased. Never heard of gun- Gunner Girls. I yeah. Never heard of the Code Breakers in that book that you talked about. I mm-hmm. mean, they talk about it nowhere. Funny, mm-hmm. uh, another book you might like is like. Have you read anything about Alan, Alan Turing? Mm-mm. Oh you, yeah, you might uh, like that. There's a movie on it. That's how I found out about this, but it's based off of the book, kind of. Uh, but Alan Turing was a uh, the code breaker. Oh, really? Uh, during World War II in Britain, and he and he was gay. Yes. So, but he is the one. Like Winston Churchill uh, mm-hmm. credits him with ending the war two years before it would have been ended. And uh, he's wow. also he came up with a computer to break codes yes. for the first time in the entire. Because usually computers were created to, uh, like for one purpose at that point in time. Uh-huh. So they, if they had a specific code, they could create a computer to write that, uh, write that code or break that specific code. But mm-hmm. it wouldn't be able to do anything else. He's the one that figured out how to like make a computer. Mainstream it. If you put anything in there, it's gonna break it for you. But wow. he was gay. He was prosecuted yep. for being gay. Put in they jail for being gay. Actually, uh, medically uh, castrated him, him um, and they mm. like treated him super horribly. But it's his story is fascinating. It really What's is. The name of that book? It's a good story. Well, this one's called Alan Turing: The Eni- The Enigma. And I think the Enigma Code is the name of the movie. It's the no, imitation it's the game. imitation game. Oh, let's see. Um, I'm gonna see. That's Maybe the there was a too, book though. called The Enigma Code. Uh, there's like a bunch, but this is yeah. the specific one that uh, they based the movie okay. off of. All right. What is it? It's Alan, A-L-L-E-N? A-L-A-N. T-U-R-I-N-G. Yeah. And it's called The Enigma. Um, you know how I'm easily distracted. I'm like, what? Another I know, I know. Tip? Light Over London by Julia Kelly. All right. Alyssa, honey. My turn. Get it now. So this week I read Anything You Can Do. I can do better. I can do better uh, by R.S. Gray. And so it's a romance. It's a light and fluffy one in preparation for next week. (laughs) Okay. So uh, this book starts and Daisy Bell has returned home after becoming a doctor because she wants, she's gotten a job in her hometown with kind of like the town doctor. And it's a little tiny, small town in Texas. She's really excited to be home and start this kind of new chapter in her life. 
She's really excited that her nemesis from childhood is not there, Lucas Thatcher. And their relationship is pretty much defined by the title, Anything You Can Do. Like in the song, I Can Do Better. And so they were super duper competitive. And if anyone has ever had someone like this in her life, I had a friend. He and I were insanely competitive. We were like, I can do better than you. I can do better than you. I got a 92. Well, I got a 93. Well, I'm faster than you. Stuff like that. So it was really fun. Um, But so as it turns out, a couple days later, he comes back to town too after getting his medical degree, but from like a different place. Oh, no. Martha's doing a hard eye roll. Her eyes are glued to the ceiling. I am not. (laughs) You always say that. I'm just reacting to the story for Christ's sake. No, you're not. (laughs) Whatever. And as it turns out, there's only one doctor in town and he's decided to hire them both. So not only do they now have to share this tiny town again, but they have to share the same workspace, which doesn't sound fun. Like, I don't want to work with my enemy. It sounds deeply unpleasant. Um... (laughs) Is working with your enemy unpleasant, Bonnie? Yeah, Bonnie. Yes. <laughs> it is. I don't know about enemy or nemesis. I Sorry. use them as synonyms. Do you not? <laughs> well, enemy Which would be... Which one's worse? Nemesis. I don't know. Enemy is just your, you know, emony. Nemesis is just out to... Emony? <laughs> your emony? You said your emony. <laughs> your nemesis is just have to screw you over every chance they get. So your nemesis is like the ultimate enemy. Kind of. Basically. It's like the top of the it's pile. It's like the passive aggressive enemy. Specific. <laughs> Are you talking about specific. someone in particular, Bonnie? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. I've had a couple of those, actually. Okay, go ahead, my dear. So um, Lucas has done... The really annoying thing, um, he's come back to town and he got hot in college, which is the most annoying thing a person you hate can do. Agreed. I, like, Agreed. for real, yep. man or mm-hmm. woman, whoever you're interested in, it's just like, I'm so mad that you got attractive. <laughs> like, it's so unfair. So, uh, yeah, Daisy's really irritated that Lucas got really hot in college. Like, she's deeply, deeply God bummed. damn you, I want to fuck you. <laughs> Bastard! Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, pretty much. Mm, Okay. So, um, as the story goes along, it's told mostly from Daisy's point of view, but every couple of chapters, you get to read these emails that Lucas never sent. He used to write them to Daisy in college because he misses her. But as it turns out, the whole time, kind of like while they've been competing and hate each other, he's been in love with her since they were like eight years old. And I'm not rolling my eyes. That no, really you're not. Sweet. She's actually making a really sweet face. It's one of my like favorite romance tropes for someone to like have been in love with the other person forever, but then just like didn't do anything about it. And then the other person learns about it and they're like, what? Since when? And so that's kind of what happens in this story. Um, she's like, what? What do you mean? You don't hate me. And he was like, well, you always hated me. She was like, yeah, you hated me, too. He was like, didn't you just assume that I hated you back? <laughs> Ever tell you I hated you? Mm-hmm. Um, it's really cute. It's a romantic comedy. And so there are a lot of, like, fun hijinks involved. But it's such it's it's really short. It's light. 
It's fluffy. It's a great palate cleanser. I've read it, I think, twice now. And I mean, it's like a two or three hour kind of read. It's super fast. A sorbet. A mere sorbet. Yeah. It's super. It's just one of those where it's like, that was fun. Like, I'm glad I read that. Like, it didn't emotionally drain you. <laughs> like, you're just like, oh, I read a book, and that was so just nice. Sometimes that's nice. Alyssa, having you in the room is like a sorbet. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but so my, that was Anything You Can Do by R.S. Gray. And I just have to point out that this is the second week in a row that you have read a book where the main character's name is a fucking flower. Oh, my God. What was I'm the name? so glad that you're keeping track of all these things for me. I don't me. know why I noticed these <laughs> things, but I do. Last week it was Poppy. This week it's Daisy. This is better than last week, though, because I didn't recognize that she had a flower name and worked in a flower shop. Yeah, that's true. Okay. That was worse, but, huh. <laughs> well, that keep, I wonder if that'll keep with the theme next week. Oh, we're going to find out. Okay. All right, let's move on. Okay, so I read The Sisters Hemingway because one, it said Hemingway in the title. Yeah, and that's anything, a Nicole book. Anything that says Hemingway, I'm immediately going to read. Uh, it's by Annie England Noblin, but I'm going to just throw this out there. Disclaimer, right this second, so you're not as disappointed as I was. It has nothing to do with Hemingway. What? So, oh. <laughs> okay, so essentially this book opens on, the first chapter is... You find out there's this little family, and it's a mom and her four kids, and they live out on this, like, little farm. It's pretty big. Uh, the youngest daughter has run out to a tree. The mom goes to get her because there's this huge thunderstorm, so the mom and the youngest daughter end up dying, like, immediately. It, so it kind of catches you down in a tornado, pretty much. So <laughs> Sounds like Oklahoma. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the book kind of begins, second chapter or whatever, uh, like... 20 years later, um, mm-hmm. so the older sisters are the main characters, and they had, have all, like, left home after this happens, uh, gone to school, or, like, kind of made themselves, like, into their their own lives, pretty much. And they've gone separate ways, so they really don't, hadn't communicated a whole lot um, since they all left their house. But their aunt, who is the one that ended up raising them after their mother died... She dies, and so it kind of brings them all back home. Uh, you learn about each of their personalities, which, by the way, all of them are named after uh, one of Hemingway's ex-wives. So there's Hadley, oh. Pfeiffer, Martha, and uh, Mary, I think. Yeah, anyways, uh, so one of them is a the wife of a senator. She's kind of stuck up a little bit, but uh, the other well, there's another one that's a book editor, um, that lives in New York, and another one is a famous music, like, country singer. Wow. And they, they've all kind of got their own shit going on, mm-hmm. but they all come home um, to deal with the death of their aunt, and they're kind of trying to figure out, like, what to do, because their aunt, their aunt leaves this house to all three of them, and it says, somebody has to live here, like, you guys can't sell this. Um, anyway, so they decide to try, kind of try and fix this house up and um one of the girl women's woman's ex-husband or ex-boyfriend is a neighbor but he comes and like offers to help fix this house up and they end up finding a body in the garden <gasps> oh that's what we thought it was going <laughs> <laughs> oh 
<laughs> I'm awake now. <laughs> so I love it when they find a body in the garden. <laughs> yeah. So they have to call the police. They're trying to figure out where this body came from. Um, they're all, and again, they're all in their like, they're all troubled in their normal lives, and so they're all kind of dealing with that at the same time. Um, there's like a girl and her ex boyfriend. There's a little bit of romance going on uh, in multiple places, and. Then you're trying to figure out this mystery of the body and where it came from. Hmm. So I have to say, this is not the greatest book of all time in the entire world. This was a pleasant <laughs> read. It, I would describe it as quaint. Um, yeah. So the book moves really quickly. Like they'll be telling you they're going to go to this bar or something. And then all of a sudden they're at the bar and you're like, wait, what just happened? <laughs> um, and it's not necessarily bad it's just very different writing than what i'm used to i'm used to i mean i've been reading outlander guys for like i'm on the fourth book now (laughs) right right so when you go from outlander to this book it was kind of a big shock Mm -hmm. um because of the pace um the second thing is it was fun to read like Alyssa said it's not this huge heavy (laughs) heartbreaking thing it was just a pleasant read yeah and sometimes you need those yeah but it's called The Sisters Hemingway, and it's by Annie England Noblin. And I think it come, came out this week. So if you like you some fluff. Yeah. Now you have two books you can read. I'm not going to give you any fluff this week. Not going to give you any science fiction. Did you review Golden State last week? The, I did. The, the, the did. correct Golden the State. Don't say correct <laughs> because they're both equally good. But uh, so last it was. Uh, you missed it, though, because it was a great, great review. It was Book of the Month. Last month, but I didn't get it. But then I got it this month because I was like, "Yeah, I really would actually read this." Yeah, I liked it. All right, guys, guess what I read this week? I read nonfiction. Ooh, oh, that doesn't happen very often. I know, right? Okay, so I read. It's called Stiff: The Curious Lives of Human Cadavers. Ooh, yes. Mm. <laughs> Bonnie's like, ooh, very different reactions <laughs> to that. <Ooh. laughs> And I want to say thank you very much to the person who asked me, who told me I should read this, because they were absolutely right. I loved it. I think it was Dawn, because she chimed in on Goodreads and said, I think it was me <laughs> that told you to read this. Um, I love funny books, and I especially love ones where I learn something new. And this book was just full of stuff that I was always curious about. Like, for example, um, how do plastic surgery students practice? Well, they practice on human cadavers. They learn to sew up people's faces when the people can't scream and run away, I guess. <laughs> they don't have to worry about the mistakes they make. Because they don't have they, to worry about being right. scarred. And so when somebody, somebody gives their body to science, then a number of different things can happen. And it was interesting to read this book because it looks into all of those things, all of the possibilities, where those cadavers go and the different things that are done with them. I did find out some really super disturbing things that I didn't know before. Like? Such like as, and, and I find this interesting for a couple of different reasons. Number one, there's, there's a... A bit of legislation, and I don't remember which state it's in, where it talks about a fetus being considered alive at heartbeat. Mm -hmm. 
Now, the reason that this goes together is because as I was reading this book, there's a section in there where when people are considered brain dead, they, they become organ donors if, if they, you know, have consented to give their organs, but they keep them alive while they dissect them. Mm-hmm. You didn't know mm-hmm. that? No, I did not know that. We need to get her to watch some ER. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah. so the, now the reason that's interesting, do you see where I'm going with this? Yeah. When someone doesn't have brain activity anymore, they are legally dead. But yet they still have a heartbeat. Exactly. Interesting. All their organs mm-hmm. are operating. So I'm yeah. thinking to myself, wait a second, why has nobody else brought this up? Because laws are weird. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure somebody somewhere has. Yeah, I'm sure they just, have. But, but Like in their state, probably. But I think that's the only reason that I huh. made that connection is because I happened to be reading this book when it came up in the news. Um, there are a lot of things I loved about this book, but the most wonderful thing about this book is it was so funny. Mary Roach is absolutely hilarious. She's me. She's me and my inappropriateness about everything. And writing about dead and people. And writing about nonfiction subjects. Hmm. In fact, when I finished this one, I checked out another one and began reading it. It wasn't quite as hilarious as Stiff was. But I have to say that before I started reading this book, my plans were to give my body to science. And after having read this book, my plans are to give my body to science. Because I think it's wonderful. I'm not going to be using it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Plus, you can take what's left and put me in the ground and I can grow into a tree. Or, exactly. some, or some such thing. They can make ashes into anything now. Yeah. I feel like we need to take you on a field trip to the Bodies Museum now. Yeah. I mean, it's just so cool. <laughs> Wait, where's that? I want to go. I, I don't know where it is right now. I saw it in New, uh, oh, that's uh, a, it's an exhibit. Las Vegas. I've seen it. It's an exhibit of mm-hmm. plasticized human remains. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, Did you say plasticized? Plasticized. It's, Pre- preserved? Yep. They, pla- they plasticize the human remains. Okay, here, I'm going to show you. Maybe we're thinking of something different. The one I'm thinking of is actually... Full human bodies and organs that have been it was preserved. In the city. Yes, it was mm-hmm. using plastic. Um, we took the boys to it, uh, didn't we? Mm, I didn't. The science you museum. Might have taken it I think I took. I yeah, took them. that one. Saw that one. I will yeah. say I saw it when I was like nine. Not sure I was ready for it. At yeah, age it's nine. definitely not something that. Yeah, um, that one. Yeah. I uh, disturbing. Wanted to be a doctor in high school mm-hmm. until I decided I really don't like math. And <laughs> fair. So my I had gone to Las Vegas with my mom for some reason, and one day we didn't have anything to do, so we found uh, this museum or like the exhibition, and she took me to it. And she was like, "This is weird, especially when you get to the fetus room." Yeah, I, mean, you <laughs> I know, don't remember that part. I, so I think depending on where you see it, there's more or less things. I think there are like it. multiple yeah. tours yeah. of it for yeah. sure. There are. I think there's one just called like bodies, and there's one called bodies the exhibition, mm-hmm. and th- I think that's the one I saw. But I don't, I, I don't. There's just a bunch. I saw of them. whatever one toured Europe. I think if you're like easily two thousand, I think if you're easily one. grossed out and you don't like the whole idea of people being dead, you probably wouldn't like this book. I mean, t- it's very yeah. matter of fact, though. It mm-hmm. doesn't. I have to say, uh, there were a couple of times where I was where I was kind of imagining smells I wished I hadn't been imagining. <laughs> like what? Well, I don't remember specifically, but I remember thinking, oh, that's super gross. (laughs) 
I don't remember. She does a really good job of describing uh-huh. disgusting things. I'm going to tell you that. After having read the second one, Gulp. Oh, yeah. Which was really, had some really super gross parts. I actually ah. had to stop reading that one and but, start again. Sorry. I'm going to close one? the pictures. face. Just, oh. that was a little, that. <laughs> Facial ah. deconstruction. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Closed it. You're good. We're safe. <laughs> good thing you can't see pictures on this podcast because it was a little gross there. It for was a not great. <laughs> <laughs> the look on Alyssa's face, I think she turned a little green just now. Like, no, but seriously, mine, but that was a lot. <laughs> but seriously, I I really super enjoyed this book because it was she was able to give information in such a way that made me laugh. But it was a really unpleasant subject. And I think that's a gift. It really is. And so, Mary Roach, I want you to be my best friend. Except mm-hmm. for Vani has to be your best friend, too. I was going to say, wait a minute. <laughs> no, but seriously, I would, I, man, I'm totally girl crushing on her. Hmm. Oh. Well, girl crush from afar. Mary, best can you come friend. on our show? I'm just teasing. Damn. I just wanted to see how you'd react. Listen, just because I move further away from you doesn't need, mean you get a new best yeah, friend. Yeah, because you and Alyssa are becoming tight over there, and I'm jealous. Whatever. Whatever. Okay, <laughs> I have other news. Do you guys remember Whatever. how... Like the Dyatlov Pass that I've talked about like six million times on this podcast mm-hmm. about yeah. the explorers who disappeared yes. in Russia. They are reopening the investigation <gasps> in Russia. Ooh. Whoa. It was news this week, too. I'm so excited about this because I want to know why the guy had his tongue ripped out. <laughs> I'm only very excited for you to provide updates all the time. I will have to figure out where to get these updates, but I will. Sweet. It's more stuff to look forward to. (laughs) It's going to be like part of the next Carter and Lovecraft book. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Let's not forget. I'm sure he's already writing it. I'm sure. Because, you know, last one left on or ended on a cliffhanger. Of course. You got to have another sequel. They were like in Alaska. I mean, Russia's just right there. Just saying. Russia investigations (laughs) for everyone. (laughs) Okay, so. Oh, I guess I should give you the title and artist. Uh, That's um, Stiff, The Curious Lives of Human Cadavers by Mary Roach. Read by Shelley Frazier, who was fucking awesome. Okay. Ladies, next week, we delve into the world of Alyssa. Alyssa. <laughs> and Alyssa type books. Not necessarily all romance because we may go for a little bit of uh, sex instruction depending yeah. on how good. I'm really excited about Martha's book because yes. I had to read it in school. What book? Did it's you... another book by Mary Roach. Mary Roach. <laughs> I actually purchased it with an Audible credit. I have not read it yet. so I'm really excited we'll to talk about it. Yes. And it's about sex. So mm-hmm. I figured I could provide that aspect of our podcast for Valentine's you know Day. Because you know I ain't reading no goddamn the romance novel. The foreplay is up to us. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I should start with All mine next All she's doing week. is trying to avoid the right. wet spot over there. Yeah, <laughs> damn right I am. Yeah. I don't like sleeping in that. Vani's got a book I think she likes. I hope she continues to like it. Well, I'm only on chapter three because, like I said, I had to stop. But and you don't start hate reading. it already, so no, A-plus. no, I actually like it, and Do- I was when I was very first started reading my book, and it was uh-huh. slow. I was like, "Freaking, gotta read this book before I read the other <laughs> book. I want to know what happens to this 
<laughs> what about you, Nicole? Do you have anything for next week? No, I think I'm gonna have to call Alyssa and be like, "That was good. I need to get on so Kindle." Many options. For I was you. gonna say, Alyssa can hook everybody up. So Just we tell can me all talk. what you want to read about, and there's a romance for it. Maybe we should start. I a, found a request line. Some historical stuff. You need to yeah. find a request mm-hmm. line straight to Alyssa. Speaking of which, there's a message for you on Facebook. Oh, is there really? Yes, for Alyssa. Yep. Yep. She could always read one of the other ones in the series of the other two books. That... Me? No. Her? I think there were, I think we should. Because it's kind of historical fiction. She Which likes book? historical fiction. I can't like remember the... if you I... need to read them in order or not is the problem. Because oh, I haven't oh, read them okay. in a while. All right. I th- do you guys want it's... wine next week too? Should I liquor you up before we get between the sheets? My book for next week, I'm just going to try and outfilth myself. So Ooh. we'll see how it goes. So we got okay. a couple of dirty books. So we got some dirty. We got yep. an instruction manual. Nicole's going to have something. Nicole have something from <laughs> Alyssa. And we're all going to just sex it up next week for Valentine's Day. An actual picture. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at dead bodies. She's still looking at dead bodies. No, I googled Dear Love Pass and We're found actual about... pictures of the real dead people from Dear Love Pass, and they're like naked in the snow. She's like, we're like talking about romance, and she's looking up dead people I'm in the snow. I'm just literally like looking at, we're like talking about this, and I'm just watching I Nicole think I, scroll. Dude, I think I've opened a can of worms I cannot put back in there, and I think that is going to have to do it for Three, three book, book Girls. What website is this? Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Join the conversation on Facebook and follow them on Twitter and Instagram. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.